Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Are you optimistic about the reopening? Yesterday, of course, Michal Martin addressed the nation again, giving an update. And by the way, see the addressing the nation thing. There was a time that we only addressed the nation in a very serious times. Remember that very famous one with Charlie Hockey? <laughs> we all had to tighten our belts. Yeah, yeah, Charlie, well done to you. Anyway, that was it. But now it's kind of common practice. And I, I'm getting a little bit concerned that addressing the nation has become something that people are switching off now. In other words, oh, not again. Gee, what now? And I, I don't want to see that happening because I think it's important that when any president or any Taoiseach or Prime Minister addresses the nation, that it should be a very serious matter and taken very seriously by the citizens and not something that we see on a regular basis. Anyway, he said transport will be back to full capacity because, of course, they're encouraging people to get back to work. He's also mentioned this morning, or Leo Varadkar mentioned this morning, your legal obligations. If you are working in a company and you're currently working at home and your employer tells you to come back to work, you don't have any legal choice. At the moment, that is the way it is. You are currently contracted to work in your office. And unless you write a new contract with your employer or agree a new contract, you are obliged to go back to work. So there's none of this going, I'm going to get a solicitor. I want to stay at home. I've been home for the last six months. You can't do it, unfortunately. Doesn't work. Now we, I know we've spoken to legal people and there is question marks over it. There may be a few test cases on it. We wait and see. But from what Leo said this morning, you have no legal right to stay at home. You must go back to work. Anyway, transport will be back to full capacity. Of course, it has to because we've got students going back to third level education as well and people going back to work. So transport has to be available for them. So back to full capacity. You'll have to wear your mask on transport, by the way. 6th of September, which is only a week away. Live indoor music will be permitted, having regard to appropriate protective factors, including at weddings. Uh, from that date, live events will be allowed to take place, with 60% for indoor venues capacity permitted, where all patrons are immune, and 75% of outdoor capacity, where all attendees are immune. In other words, you've already had a jab, or you've already had COVID, one or the other. All religious ceremonies will be allowed to proceed with 50% of the venue capacity, regardless of immunity status. Uh, 20, uh, 20 September, which is three weeks from now, um, organised indoor group activities such as sports, arts and dance classes can take place for up to 100 people where all attendees are immune and are accompanied by, mi- are accompanied by minors. Now, that could be a concern, by the way, for young people, say 15 years of age, 14 years of age, going back to drama and dance classes, that they have to be immune or they have to have a vaccine. That kind of puts parents in a very awkward situation where little Mary wants to go back to her dance class or Johnny wants to go back to his drama class or his karate class or whatever it happens to be and he doesn't have a vaccine. I think that's a little bit unfair, uh, particularly because it puts parents in a very, very bad position whereby you're being coerced into vaccinating your children. And some people want to, some people don't. So I think that's a concerning one, but we'll come back to that in a few minutes as well. Uh, Also as well, where attendees have mixed immunity status, pods of up to six participants will be permitted. In other words, if they don't have a vaccine, they can be put into a pod. Restrictions on outdoor group activities will be removed. Attendance at work for specific business requirements may commence on a phase and staggered attendance basis from the 20th of September. 22nd of October, which is a month after that, which is a month and three weeks away, which is nearly two months away. Final restrictions will be lifted, bar masks indoors in certain settings. Requirements for physical distancing, requirements for mask wearing outdoors and indoor private settings. So it doesn't look like all the restrictions are being lifted at all, which is what was suggested initially. They're still suggesting physical distancing. Now, I have noticed, I'll be honest with you, 
I'm going to be straight about this. I've noticed just walking around, nobody's keeping physical distance anymore. People have gone back to the way we used to do it. People are little, been a little bit conscious of not breathing down each other's necks, obviously. But I don't see people keeping two metres distance anymore. I think that seemed to disappear some time ago. Anyway, limits and numbers at indoor and outdoor events and activities, restrictions on religious or civil ceremonies, limits on numbers that can meet in private homes and gardens, uh, certification of vaccine immunity or testing as a prerequisite for access to or engagement in any activities. So these will be all scrapped from the 22nd of October, just to let you know. Restrictions on high-risk activities, nightclubs, for example. Okay, so in other words, any restrictions that had been there will all be lifted on the 22nd of October with the exception of masks. All this sounds pretty positive and makes it sound like that by Halloween we should be back to almost pre-COVID times bar the few restrictions that won't be lifted, i.e. the masks. However, the government have said that the lifting of all these restrictions will be under constant review if there's a drastic change. That's concerning. That's the concerning line. Who decides that? And what is the drastic change? You know, are we depending then on the health service not to come under pressure? Because come October, we're back into flu season. Anyway, where the health service is always under pressure. Every year, before COVID even came along. So if the health service comes under pressure again, the legislation is still there. Because remember, they voted the legislation back in again. And it's still there till February, as far as I know. And it could be extended again. Are they going to keep perpetually restricting society based on the HSE and based on, I suppose, trolley, you know, waiting lists and hospitals and people in A&E and people in ICU and et cetera, et cetera, with all sorts of ailments, not just COVID. I want to know today if you're feeling optimistic. It sounds optimistic. I mean, it's the best we can hope for, I suppose. Realistically, what they're saying is, if you read between the lines on this, in a month and a half, everything will go back to normal with the exception of masks. And I would like to think at some point soon, although Leo Varadkar suggested last night, well, the Asians, you know, have always wore masks. Now, Leo, of course, the Asians wore masks for other reasons. Pollution was the main reason they wore masks. and Nothing to do with viruses. They've been doing that for a long time. But he's saying, well, the Asians wear masks. So kind of indicating that we might see that long term. And I have no way, I don't think anybody has any issue with that when it comes to, say, a hospital or a nursing home. But I think when we talk about, say, Tesco's or Dunn stores, I mean, if you can go to the Aviva Stadium or Barky Cueve full of people with no masks, why can't you go to Tesco's? Or if you go to a nightclub and you can dance beside somebody till three o'clock in the morning in a crowded dance floor, why can't you go to Tesco's with no mask? That doesn't really make a huge amount of sense. But there has always been contradictions over the last 18 months anyway, and I'm sure we'll iron them all out. And I think most people at this stage are probably sick to death of wearing them anyway. I know we're all doing it, obviously, to respect others, but most people, I think, are sick to death of it at this stage. I know in Northern Ireland they're lift, lifting the masks rule for school children in secondary school um, in about five weeks' time, so they won't have to wear them anymore. I want to know, are you feeling optimistic? Are you, do you believe Michal Martin when he's saying from the 22nd of October we're lifting all restrictions by our masks? And basically what he's saying is it'll be personal responsibility. Now, I have seen online comments like, I'm not going back to my work when there's unvaccinated people there. Well, then don't. I'm not going out to a nightclub if there's unvaccinated people in it. I'm not going out. Well, well then don't. Nobody's forcing you to do these things. And I suppose that's the answer, isn't it? That's what Miala is saying. Personal responsibility. If you feel you're afraid to mix in society anymore and, and they're telling you, well, look, it's as safe as it can be and you don't want to do it, well, there's nothing more they can do. They can't keep restricting society and restricting people's lives forever. That's more or less what he said, more or less what Boris Johnson said three months ago. So are you happy with that? 
Are you optimistic about it? Are you optimistic that we'll have a normal Christmas? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Are you optimistic that everything will return to normal on October the 22nd? That's the D-Day. 087-188-0008. Yes, you're optimistic or no. Not a chance, no. It's not going to happen. Don't be fooling yourself. <laughs> Carl, you're an Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Carl? How you doing, Niall? Are you Niall, optimistic? No, well, okay. They say we're opening up, and so I, I would be optimistic. But I do feel that cases will rise again if 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 certain if a certain amount of the community is not uh, vaccinated. But I'll give you an example of why I'm not optimistic. Because our government is not doing enough. And I'll give you an example. I haven't seen my wife or my child in two years because of COVID. I don't blame anybody for that, but that's just the way it was. I know, your, your personal circumstance, your wife and child are far away. I know they're in another yeah. country. Yeah. Now, they're in a red zone country in South America. It, it, Peru, it, as far as I remember, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen them in two years. I flew out there two weeks ago, a fortnight ago. I had to have a million documents going, and I had to have a lot of documents coming back, and especially coming back through Holland as well. They wanted the government. So what, what did you want. need? You needed your VAC cert. You needed your um, passenger locator forms. You needed, what digital, else did you need? Digital COVID cert. I had to have a letter from the government of Holland saying that I'm only just transiting and all sorts of and, and And getting to Peru, by the way, did you have to isolate because it's a red zone? Did you have to isolate while you were there or isolate when you came back? Or what no, you I, had to, I, had to, I had to do uh, pre-migration, some pre pre-migration certificates and, and so, so, something like a, a tracker thing. Right. Also, d- double mask. Everywhere you went, it was double mask. Right. You know? Okay. okay. Uh, anyway, I, I got there. I arrived there, no problem. And then, as I say, I, but I had to do a million documents before I went and a load of them before I came home. All costing a lot of money. And then, on my return to, to Skip Hall Airport, there was, tra- there was straight for to go out or right for transit. Yep. I, I went straight to go out and I said, I have six hours so when I went to passport control, I showed him my passport and I showed him my digital COVID cert. And the guy asked me, he says, "What is this? This is a digit. This is a, this is a European hub, transport hub." And he didn't know what my digital passport uh, COVID cert was. So anyway, that was that. He says, "Go ahead." So I went out, went went into Amsterdam. I was there for an hour, had a bite to eat, came back, then went back to Dublin. I arrived in Dublin, and there wasn't one question asked of me. And I walked straight through passport control showed him my passport, my digital COVID cert, he said, go ahead. Now, they stopped me for two years travelling. But yet, when I, when, I, when I eventually, I did all the things right for them, there wasn't one check. So, if I wasn't checked, going to a red zone, you can only imagine now with flights being full at Christmas, people going home to see their families. And they say the biggest cause of this... Well, they say flights are back to 75% capacity now. 75% capacity roughly on travel again. Now, there is an an argument, Carl. You couldn't move. And I get what you're saying. I do. No, I get what you're saying. And that is a little bit concerning, right? But but my argument would be, if we're at a point where Michal Martin says by the end of October the 22nd, we will have 90% of people, the population vaccinated, right? You really can't do much better than that. And the argument is... If you're, come, if you're coming back from, I don't know, I don't know, whatever, the moon, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Because you're vaccinated, you shouldn't really be a risk to anybody. You shouldn't. But then again, you look at the news last night, yesterday evening, and there's that minister from up in the north, vaccinated twice, 
but yet has caught COVID. I know. Well, 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 so I think, well that's going to happen. Know, you know. That's going to happen. But, but Carl, I agree with you. And by the way, if you look at, I was watching a great documentary last night about the United States, right? And in the, the states that have the highest vaccination rates, they have the highest positive cases. And they're saying, I'm not going to go into it now, but there was a doctor on talking about people who had already caught COVID and have been vaccinated are more likely to get, say, you know, minor side effects in the vaccination and also are more likely then to pass it on because they have a higher viral load. And I, I know it was past my, my pay grade, right? Yeah. But, but I do get that and that goes for all vaccinations, right? But what yeah. I'm saying to you is you can't, we can't do any more. There are always going to be vaccinations are not 100% successful. They never will be, right? And we knew that. And we always have known that. So there are always going to be people, and there will be people who are double vaccinated who will die. And that's a fact of life. And the same went for before COVID came along, people got a flu vaccination and still might have died of the flu. So what I'm saying is there are always going to be those cases. But you can't live, we can't live life like this forever. So so what do you do, Carl? I I don't know what, well, I I, I do feel that we should have, but I do feel that the checks in our airports and all should have happened from day one, not from... I agree. Six or eight months later when we when they did start... Yeah, but the horse is bolted on that car. That's too late. It did, it did. Yeah, okay. But I do feel, going forward, okay, you say, for the 21st on, but they, they still should be checking. Well, and I hope they are. Especially, especially coming towards the Christmas. Where you're going to have a lot of people out in bars and that where, where they want to socialise with their friends and family something that they, they could not do last Christmas mm-hmm. and also you're going to have a, a hell of a lot of people travelling like they, they, there's, there's warnings in the airport now security they, like you want to see you want to see security two weeks ago it was unbelievable they don't know how to run an airport in this country but anyway well I, I, there was murder at the weekend there because it was like three hours to get through security I believe it was a disaster you, you think after being closed for 18 months, they'd be all glad to have their jobs back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? And no disrespect to security by the DAA, but they really need to up their game a little bit. I think, they have, I think they had staffing issues, to be honest with you. But anyway, that's, that's a whole yeah, other thing. I, I just feel if, if it's going to be Christmas and that again, and a lot of people travelling, and they, they say that the, the way this gets into Ireland and it's passed is through travel. I don't know what the truth, what truth that is in that. Well, that's I, what they I, say. And I agree with you, but all I'd say to you is, if we're to believe what we're being told, and Michal Martin said 90% of the country population will be fully vaccinated by October the 22nd, that's where they've chosen this date, that's the yeah. prediction, we shouldn't have too much to worry about, no matter where people come from. I, I, Isn't that the argument? Isn't that really the yeah, cups of I'd it? probably like to differ now, because I think the variants can take over. And well, yeah, we keep, and we you're, not, and, and you're, you're not incorrect, Carl, you're not incorrect, but here's the thing. Yeah. You you can't you just can't keep doing what we've been doing for the last year no, and a half. No, and I do I do think we should should open up. I I do think we should open up. But am I optimistic? No. So what what do you predict is going to happen? I'd say there could be massive increases come Christmas or even even before that. As soon as as soon as we congregate again inside the bars and no and then clubs, and then what no, no and then what do we do because no, like nightclubs and yeah and, and then we're all vaccinated. We were told I'm, 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 that's the key, you know, and we're all vaccinated and there's a massive increase and let's say, you know, some more people die. What happens? Uh, well, what happens is if it all increases again, it's going to be, our hospitals are going to be flooded again and then I suppose Neffet will take over again. We're going to have to do this and this because our... That's, well, that's a never-ending cycle, our, our isn't it? Is full and our, yeah. You know, so it, it, it'll tell a tale but by opening up. So we, we do have to try well, it. Well, yeah, but the, pe- the picture you're painting, which is quite bleak, by the way, is a never-ending cycle. 
Well, th- that's because we haven't we haven't eradicated this disease. From but the you world. won't. Yeah, but the best experts in the world, Carl, will tell you you can't eradicate it. Yeah. I mean, look how long we're dealing. The I mean, people still get measles. You know what I mean? And look, yeah. you know, look how many diseases have been around. The inf- influenza. How long has that been with us? You know, yeah. these things will end up being uh, epidemics rather than pandemics, uh, like the like influenza. In other words, experts will say it could be there for thirty or hundred years. This is true. So, well, in other words, you can't keep curtailing life for that period of time. We just have I'm to use common sense. Do I, I do feel we, we need to open. It's about time we opened. We're one of the last countries where Ireland had been very strict all, of, all through this in yeah. comparison to other countries. I do feel we should open. But the question to me today, am I optimistic about it? No. No. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Okay. Best of luck to everybody. I'm a bit, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit more optimistic than you. But in saying that, I take on board your concerns, and yeah. and I hope you get to see your wife and, and and kid a little bit more often. That's that's a really difficult situation you're in. Still restricted from another country, but I'll get there eventually. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do know they were talking about yesterday. Um, the EU were talking about restricted American tourists coming into Ireland. Now, yeah. and this is on the same day, of course, that they're also talking about America now opening up to EU tourists, probably from Labor Day. So this is going to be a mess. So people go to America, they may have to self-isolate coming back again. Well, Thanksgiving will tell a tale. Well, 20 November, thereabouts. Yeah, well, I mean, look, they started off well with their vaccination program in the United States, but unfortunately now most people have overtaken them. But then again, when you are looking at a population of 360 million people, it it can be a bit more difficult, I suppose, to get it all over. You have to ask yourself the question then, Noel, is is the vaccination program working because of the amount of cases where we're having now on a daily basis, 2,000 or whatever it is, 1,800 or so, average, something like that. Mm-hmm. And back in February or so when we didn't, now and I'm not, I'm not talking about the Christmas uh, spike, but just after that when it eased back down again, we had cases lower than that before the vaccination programme was rolled Yeah, but, but, but the whole idea so, of the vaccination programme probably was never... To, and, I, and this is why I don't understand why Neffet still focus on case numbers. It was never to stop case numbers. It was to stop serious illness. Well, um, the be, death, the yeah, because oh, yes. vaccinated, you can still, you know, pick up a viral load, as they say. Yeah. And, and actually, they, they think that people who are vaccinated may have a higher viral load, but even though you don't get very sick. Yeah. Um, and that's going to continue, probably. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good news for our country that, I suppose, not, not a lot of, there has not been a lot of deaths in the past few months. And I suppose the that's, vaccine rollout does, I suppose, prove that. But that not that really what we should be aiming for? We don't want people to die unnecessarily. Yeah, yeah. but in, in saying that, we still have to do now, a lot more to, to try sort of eradicate this in, in, in some kind of way. So yeah, but, but can I, the one thing I will say to you, Carl, we have to accept that people do die. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, you know, before COVID came along, we had, what, 600 deaths every year from influenza. Normal flu, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we, we do have to accept that people, particularly towards the end of their lives, will die from something. You know, and, and generally speaking, it's usually a respiratory uh, virus that will kill somebody towards the end of their life. I mean, you know, if they have cancer or if they're old age or whatever it happens to be. So we have to accept that people do die. Yes. You know, and I think, I think that's been a bit of a problem over the last 18 months is the acceptance that people do die sometimes. And we have to accept that, sadly. Um, but yeah. and, and it may take people maybe a few months before their time, you know. 
yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Carl. I wish you luck, and I hope you get to see uh, your missus and your kid again very, very soon. All right. And I hope I hope you're wrong. By the way, I hope I'm wrong too. I really do. Yeah. But, um, I yeah. just, I just, it just, it just doesn't look that way at the moment. But we, all right. we shall wait and see. All right. Okay. Thanks, Carl. Okay. If anybody else wants to give us a, a comment and release that, Carl is not optimistic at all. He believes another variant might come along. Case numbers will go back up again. The hospitals won't be able to handle it. He believes we'll be back to square one again. And he also believes they're making huge mistakes. That he came in from Peru, nobody even checked his documents, he believes, in Dublin Airport, or certainly they shouldn't have done the string, they didn't do the stringent checks they should be doing. Let me know what you think. The number is 87 That's 87 So the government say that everybody needs to get back to work, transport back to full capacity, but Deck, you're in Ireland's classic kits, you're not comfortable going back to work yet, Deck, no? 100% no, Morning, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Deck. Why why are you not comfortable going back to work? Or what do you do? Can I ask you? I don't I don't want to know where you work, but what do you do? Yeah, yeah. So just a bit of background, Niall, about the COVID situation. I got sick in 2019 December, and then I got sick again in this year in June uh, first week. I don't know what the heck it was in December 2019, but I was positive in June. Well, they, they do say now that COVID could have been around since November 2019. Yeah, it's positive. Yeah, it does make sense because I have the, had the same symptoms, absolutely the exact ones. The worst situation was I've lost 10% to 15% of my weight. So that's not good okay. for any person. And then now, if my office is going to ask all the workforce to work from Dublin, I work in Dublin, okay. and I live in Galway. So, if it's five days a week, I'll have to move to Dublin. And the other situation would be, there's always there's already an uh, issue with the housing in Dublin. And imagine everyone, all the you know students and the workforce in Dublin city centre. Uh, we know where it's going to. And, and can, have, can I ask, is it possible to do your job remotely? Hundred percent, yes. Okay, I, so I, and have you have you had that discussion with your employer to say, well, is there a possibility of doing it remotely or blended blended working? Yeah, there there is option for hybrid. There's three options like hybrid, fully remote, or fully in yeah. the office. But we've already seen Google, uh, office like Google, they have they have they're trying to implement the papers if you're working from home. But that's not fair on employees. Your pay has to be dependent on... Well, yeah, but here's, here's the thing. When Google employed people originally, wasn't the whole argument was that Google paid people more who lived further away. Didn't they do that anyway? They, um, based on where they lived and how long it took them to get to work and how much it cost to get... To, so Google did pay a different pay rate to people depending on where they lived anyway. So wasn't that the argument in relation to Google and what Google were saying? It wasn't that they were paying you less. It was they're just taking away that extra bit of money they gave you because you were you live further away. And do we agree Do we agree that most of the corporate world in Dublin or anywhere in the world, they do follow the big companies? And what if everyone is going to follow Google? Like, the talented people are going to pay less. And I don't see a huge difference in living in Galway and Dublin. Well, the the legality around it is, and Leo Varadkar made it, well, when I say made it clear, we've spoken to Richard Grogan, who's an employment uh, uh, solicitor on the show many times, and he said there will be question marks over this. But the legality of it is, when you started with that company, uh, did you start before the COVID? Yeah, before COVID. Okay, so wait, wait, so yeah. you, you signed your work contract or you got a work contract that you worked in the office. 
And that's your work contract. Now, unless your employer renegotiates a work contract with you, you have no legal standing or you have no legal footing to stay at home. If they ask you to go back, you don't have any choice. Exactly. Yeah. So in that situation, I have to move to Dublin. But then, but that but that's not the way they look at it is and I'm not having a go at your deck by the way the way they yeah. look at it is that's not their problem that's your problem and I agree with you I think it would be much better if companies would negotiate for people to stay at home and remote remote work because I think it would be a great change in society for a quality of life it would reduce property prices rental prices would drop it would be great for everybody but it doesn't seem that that's going to happen so the, again the argument is on the being optimistic. In this kind of situation, I can't be optimistic from my side. I mean, yeah, but that's yeah, but you're not being optimistic for different reasons. It's not in relation to COVID. I don't think you're afraid to go back to work because you might catch COVID. I am actually, to be honest. Are you are you vaccinated? Are you vaccinated? No. So so I've got in June. I got the EU thing, but I haven't fully recovered from the from the COVID yet. I don't have the taste. I don't go out. I usually sit home, work from home. And pretty much that's it. If I have to go to the shop, I order from Deliveroo or any kind of delivery services. But you can't live your life like that forever, Dick. Uh, for, for temporary, yes. Yeah, it's, it's just my personal choice. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not, not saying... saying I mean, yeah, you could, yeah, you, you yeah, could choose yeah. to do whatever you want. But are most governments saying this now? This, they've got to a point where they're saying, look, you know, we have to get back for the sake of the economy, for the sake of everybody else's life as well. We have to get back to some level of normality. But if you don't feel safe doing it, it's, a, it's down to personal responsibility and down to your own personal decisions. And Niall, I'm not against, against opening the government. I want them to open up. I want people to do their, what they want to do. But there has to be some kind of improvement what we have seen last year or the year before, like hospitals. We might face the same situa- situation in December when the normal flu kicks in. And I don't know if there's any improvement in bed situation or ICUs. Well, you, you would imagine they've had a year and a half to provide more beds in ICU. You imagine they would have done that, wouldn't you? But they haven't, I don't I, think. I would, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I believe they have done much in a good job in providing the vaccinations. In, like, we, we, are, we are expecting 90% by November. But what about the beds? I, I don't have the data in front of me. I haven't followed much. Well, news. see, I mean, Dick, Ireland has always had a problem. Every single year, before COVID came along, we've always had a problem from the end of October till February. Always. Every country had a problem with Every country. I mean, more or less. Yeah, because uh, it's a bad season. Yeah, because people tend to get unwell between October and February for some reason. So, we, I mean, it's always going to be a problem. I mean, you can never ever, in that period of time, you can never have enough beds because if you did, you'd have too many beds for the rest of the year. So... It's it's a balancing act. It's a difficult balancing act. I understand so, that. We have a ch- then then in that case we have a chance of going back to stage one or level one, uh, like closing the country. I don't know. Again, this, it's down the road. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that. I, doesn't. I hope to, I hope too because the restrictions are. Every country has different restrictions. I'm from India. I can't go see my family or my parents just because of this. Again, I can wait. I can wait for another year or two. But and have you been have you been back to India at all in the last year and a half? No. No, no. I, I was so in twenty nineteen December I was traveling to India and I was sick. I was traveling in Asia. I I flew when I was sick. I had no choice. And I came back in twenty twenty January. From then I'm just in in like in my home. Okay. Uh, okay. And you know what? I, I believe that people like you 
and many other people who work, particularly in the tech industry as well, or that can remotely work in call centres, whatever, if they've been doing it successfully and their productivity has been good and that can be easily analysed by the companies they work for and they've been doing it successfully at home, I believe there's no reason why they shouldn't be allowed to continue to do that. Absolutely. I think it's in the interest of everybody's, you know, for quality of life apart from anything else. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, we just don't want everyone in Dublin no. in the next two months. No, and, I, and by the way, you're, you're right. This is an ideal opportunity now for the government to do what they've been trying to do for the last 20 years, which is to decentralise. Yes, 100%. Like, if, we, if, if they miss this opportunity again, and then they let everyone... I mean, Pile uh, back into uh, Dublin again. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. yeah, like even routine work, let's say everyone. Okay, we need restaurants and the bars and the DJs. Their, their life has to go on because I've seen the music industry has been... Decimated, decimated, yes. Yeah, yeah. all of the place. So that needs to open up and let people make the choices if they want to go see go the live concert or the concert. It's their choice. And about the vaccination, uh, Niall, I want to say this. We, like some of them are vaccinated from one year. Uh, to be honest, I'm not, but I, I need to get it done in one week once I feel better. Yeah. Because I heard you get sick for one day, uh, all that stuff. But what is the validity? Like, do we do we get second jab after two years, or how long? Well, that, well, they, well, they're already talking about that, and the HSE currently at the moment are putting together a booster program, so that that will be happening very shortly. So yeah. I, I I don't know. See, the, see, the problem is. This is obviously a new virus. It's a new vaccine. And they don't know. So at the moment, they're measuring antibodies in people's bodies and T-cells to see how long the vaccination lasts. Now, they're optimistic, but it could be a case of having to get a booster once a year. Everything is so uncertain now. Well, well, that's because everything is happening on a daily basis, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, I, I, I do wish you well, Zach, and I do agree that employers listening today, if your employees are working well from home, particularly cases like DEC where they live in Galway and work in Dublin, I believe absolutely if there's an option to work remotely or certainly, you know, hybrid or blended as they call it, I think that option should be available for staff without any kind of financial penalties. Uh, DEC, thank you very much for that and I hope uh, things go well for you. Eric, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How are you doing, Eric? Hey, Niall, how are you? People have lots of questions to ask here, Eric. You know, some people are optimistic, others not so optimistic. Are you optimistic? Yeah. Um, I am very happy. Okay. Um, I am very, I am very happy broadly with this announcement. It's, um, it should be a good thing. I was always one of these people that was felt um, we were a bit too harsh. We were, we were coming out of things a bit too slow. So the fact now that we see a date when most things are are, are free, that's good for me. Twenty second of October you? essentially is normality, yeah. with the exception of mask wearing. Normality. Yes. And and that yes. look, we'll, I'm sure they'll make more decisions in relation to mask wearing as we go on. But that's the the, yeah. the, the, the D day. Now I would be disappointed on a number of aspects of it. For instance, um, the vaccine passport has been has been extended to cinemas. Um, but that again will only be till the twenty second of October. By the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well like we're at we're 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 in the high eighties uh, vaccination. Um, we we're the, the number of um, we're in high eighties in vaccination. So the, the vaccine people are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So um, Ireland are the most compliant country in Europe. Yeah. We are. They're, they're talking about. Um, I know there's been kite flown about children wearing. Well, wearing I, I, well, I hope I, I don't want to see that uh, happening. No, that would be a retrograde step. Like we've been told. Like I'm a secondary school teacher, and we were told all along. Uh, schools are the safest place in the, in the country, uh, open the windows and everything will be fine. And 
uh, now they want to bring him back in. So I think that's a retrograde step as well. Um, I, I, do, I don't think you'd like. I don't think you'd like to see primary school children wearing masks, would you? No, I've an eight, no, I've an eight-year-old daughter, Charlotte, and yeah. I have two kids. But my eight-year-old's in school, and I would, I wouldn't like to. I was listening to a psychologist around. talking about this yesterday, and how important it is for young people, particularly little five and six-year-olds, you know, to see the expressions on other people's faces for sincerity, smiling, happy, sad, yeah. and to understand those facial expressions. It's all part of learning, and I think it would be very, very concerning if yeah. we start putting masks on little children. Yeah, and like, look, um, I think you, you mentioned there, with the, you were talking briefly with a previous call about the extra ICU beds. I think we've only answered, we spent 35 or 40 billion on, on the pandemic, and we've only added 20 ICU beds or 19 ICU beds to the capacity I know. of the country. That, like, for me, that's... That's not good enough. Well, uh, look, well, listen, we've had this problem, Eric, for the last yeah. 30 years. So, I mean, I mean, if I go back three years ago to 2018, 19, I think it was, where we had a really bad flu season and we had Leo Varadkar on the television in December begging nurses and doctors not to go on Christmas holidays because things yeah. were so bad. You think we would have learned, wouldn't you? And, and, you know, and now we had COVID. You really think we would have learned and extended the capacity, but yeah. we didn't really. I remember, do you remember way back, um, the Ireland, there was a kind of a, uh, an Ireland on call thing that went out. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, I remember that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like I, think, I think I read, uh, AIM2 put it out there, that 65,000 people applied for Ireland on call to volunteer their help and their time. And I think only 1,000 people got a job out of it. Something I, I know, because like they made people that. jump through hoops to get into those jobs. But uh, yeah. do me a favour, stay there for a second, because I have to go to a break, and I want to come back to you after the break. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping, numbers 87 Sorry, I'm not a bit behind today. Well, I'm glad to hear some level of optimism on the show today. Sorry, just to get back to Eric. Eric, how do you feel about, say, Northern Ireland suggesting that secondary school kids, because you're a school teacher, obviously, in secondary school, yeah. uh, will be removing the masks in five weeks' time, six weeks from last week, so five weeks' time. Uh, that now is under review, but how do you feel about the idea of that? Oh, I think great for them. Uh, it's, it, look, <laughs> I'm a, a teacher, and you, we, we talk, and the students have to hear us. And the, from, a, from a teaching and education point of view, uh, communication has dropped. We, um, the, the students can't hear as easily, so uh, I can't hear them as easily. So from an education point of view, removing the masks is, is, is a big plus. I, in our school, and I'm sure in a lot of schools around the place, there are dividers in between the students. So that will curtail the um, that will curtail any possible spread of COVID to an extent. Well, right, I, I, do, I don't think thing. kids were ever the super spreaders that we initially no. made them out to be. I mean, no. I think they've got a bad rap, to be honest with you. Yeah, they had, especially the start. Remember, the start they were the super spreader, and it turned out they weren't. But no, yeah. I think it's good for the kids. Um, you know, they can they can see they can they can hear better. They can learn better in school. Now, the one thing from a teaching point of view, I will say that the amount of chatter in a class and the amount of messing and stuff has dropped way down. So that is uh, from a discipline. Is that a bad thing or a good thing? <laughs> Do you want to see the chatter and the messing coming back again? Hey, yeah. I, I never had a... If anyone asks, I never had a problem with, ch- with chatter in my class, of course. No, but no, no I'm, I don't. Look, I think it's human nature. I, in all my school reports, I only found them there recently in the attic yeah. in my old home. In all my school reports, it said, Niall is a great student, but he, he uh, constantly distracts the class with his chattering down the back. <laughs> you got the right profession then. Absolutely. No, Listen, thanks, Eric, and I hope, I'm hopeful too, but Tina, you're not so hopeful. Hi, Niall. Um, no, no, I'm not, unfortunately. I, I wish I could be, but um, no, I'm not. But explain briefly, because I have two and a half minutes, so explain briefly why you're not optimistic. I'm not optimistic because the government have, they always keep moving the goalposts um, and dangling freedom, you know, in front of us and then move it again along a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also not hopeful because they're, 
um, basically there's, they're after putting in a clause on the information saying that uh, at any point this could be changed. That's right. At the, at the same time, they are leaking articles and national newspapers are le- leaking articles around new variants of concern that they're watching now all of a sudden. And um, we have the highest fax rate in, you know, in one in, in the, the world. Well, I think it's one of the highest in the world. Well, probably, I, yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, funnily enough, we have the highest cases rate in Europe, and that was stated by Simon Coveney um, this morning. Well, per head of population, maybe, yes. Yeah, so, um, and I don't agree with that that man, Carl. Well, I, well I think, Tina, in relation, okay, just, just to deal with one thing at a time, let's deal with one thing at a time very quickly. The case rates, I'm not going to disagree with you, and I only watched a documentary last night about case rates in America, and the states with the highest vaccination rates actually had the highest case numbers, yeah, which is quite that. bizarre. Well, mm. and I think the answer to that is we need to stop looking at case numbers, because nobody at any stage, ever said vaccinations would stop you getting COVID. What they did say was the vaccination would stop you getting seriously ill and yes, dying. but they brought in a discriminatory path based on that. And that is, that is And I And I, I am not going to disagree with you. And I, and I personally believe if you're a person who doesn't want to get a vaccination, that is your choice and you should be allowed to make that choice freely. Yeah, but we also should be allowed, Niall, to participate in society because the path is meaningless. I'm not going to disagree with you. I don't believe it's fair um, to dis, uh, to basically do that because based on the evidence at the moment that equally as many people are getting COVID with vaccinations, now obviously not getting sick. But uh, those also transmitted and that's absolutely, the important factor. Absolutely. So it, it's no more of a risk to have unvaccinated people at an event than vaccinated people. Exactly. So yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I'm not going to disagree with you, Tina. I think it is discriminatory. But hopefully that discrimination will be removed as far as uh, the government are concerned on October the 22nd. Yeah, well, you, you asked me was I optimistic and no was the answer because of all those reasons. And I Okay, just so do you think on October 22nd they're going to extend what you're calling the discrimination? You believe they'll extend that? Yes, they will extend it. And there's already talked about, you know, isolating kids off of uh, school teams and that because uh, de- dependent on their vaccination status. Yeah, I think that's and, wrong too. And for the, sa- the, as in their words, the safety of, of other kids. Whereas, you know, there, there is no there is no way that that's um, legal. It's completely discriminatory. Okay. Um, and that's because, you know, if you're vaccinated, be it a kid, an adult, whatever age you are, you can still transmit this. And that is what people are not getting and they're not understanding this. They're okay. completely ignorant towards this. The general population are completely ignorant. Well, I don't think they're completely ignorant. I think I think we're very all very clear that even with vaccinations, you still can catch COVID. You probably just won't end up as, as ill, hospitalised. Or, but now some people are ending up hospitalised. So what's or the dying. point of the vaccine passport? Well, the, 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 the point of the vaccine passports. The vaccine pass to get into eating doors to now be able to go I, to the Tina, everybody has an opinion on the vaccine passports. And I'm what I'm saying to you is there are a lot of people who disagree with it for the very reasons that you just outlined. And I'm not going to completely disagree with what you're saying. But then again, the government have made their decision and hopefully that will change on the 22nd of October. You're not optimistic and so are a lot of people who probably agree with you. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.